0: The following is a Hoop Ball presentation. We're back and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today Podcast. It is a wonderful November 11th three game slate Wednesday night we're recording this for the Thursday card. Joined by my good buddy Harris Kumani here. Excited to have him on the show. Always love doing these shows with J. Harris. But how's your day? What do you got planned for your day off tomorrow? We just talked about that before we got on air. You got to have something fun planned.
1: Yeah, no, looking forward to it. Uh, I know we're talking basketball here, but uh, you know the cricket World Cup is going on at the same time, and uh, my team plays tomorrow in the semifinals. So that's going to be a little morning. Get together with a couple of friends to get together and watch that and hopefully make it for the finals on sunday so that's gonna be one of them if it goes well maybe we'll go out for some uh, for some food and drinks as well
0: yeah see i was gonna say that's very canadian of you to say a morning get together <laughs> around here in the states we call that day drinking uh that's that's <laughs> that's what we call that it's just a good old day drink uh, i haven't had one of those in a while I, I lied every every sunday ends up being a day drink for me because <laughs> You know, games come on for football, and uh, yeah, they start at twelve, and that's when I start. Right when the football, right, right when kickoff hits, it just makes me feel a little bit better when I can start drinking a couple beers, watching the game. But nonetheless, you're right. We got some hoops to talk, but good luck for your uh, for your cricket team. I don't I don't really follow cricket. I know Brett Eckersley, Eckersley, uh, good fan of the pod, good uh, friend of mine. Used to be on a lot of our shows. Does a lot of our behind the scenes editing and stuff. He's a big fan as well. So he he explained it to me one day, and uh, I watched. I actually watched a match. Uh, but it is, it's is—it's something I got to i gotta actually know what I'm watching. But, it, you know, looks fun. Looks like I, you know, I would love to play it. I was a big baseball guy growing up, so being able to play that might be an easy transition. But before we jump into anything, guys, quick shout-out to Manscaped. Head over to Manscaped.com. Use the promo code HoopBall20. You get 20% off your entire purchase, plus free shipping on any and all line of products. Whether you want to get them gifts, holiday season right around the corner, they make for a perfect gift for your friends, your family, your father, your brother. You name it, they have the best... Line of male grooming products from the lawnmower to the ear, nose, and hair trimmers, all the way down to the stuff that you can use to tidy up and freshen up down there, like their toners, their conditioners. They have it. You need it. Head over to manscape.com Promo code Hoopball20. So Harris, we only really got three games. A lot of these pricings. I don't know if you played on tonight's slate, uh, Wednesday night, as we record this, but the pricing algorithm for DK seemed to be a little bit broken. And with, you know, just guys being tremendously upcharged on them. And, you know, it's starting to right the ship a little bit on this. I'm glad to see that because we probably had about 15 to 16 guys priced over 9,500. It felt like on this. Also a lot of games. So I get that. But Toronto, your Toronto Raptors traveling to Philadelphia. They are taking on the Sixers in this one. So we already know that there's going to be some injuries concerns and news and things, but for the Sixers, Seth Curry, questionable. Tobias Harris is also questionable. could be the return for both of these guys. Seth only missed one game, but we know Tobias has been out for some time. Joel Embiid ruled out. Grant Riller, Ben Simmons, Matisse, Theibel, and Isaiah. Joe ruled out pay, uh, Raptors on the second half of a back-to-back, so we do not have their injury report just yet. But let's check the game lines and totals. Guess what? We don't have any of them for tonight. So no game lines, no totals. We'll have to keep an eye on all that stuff. Probably come out around lunchtime tomorrow. But I'll pass it over to you. As always, talk about your Raptors.
1: Yeah, the Raptors, as you said, coming on the second half of a back-to-back over here off a, a tough loss in Boston. We can't pull the rabbit out of the hat twice, we beat them the first time around, but this time just a bit too much for them. With that being said... They're getting healthy. They're getting their guys back in. They're getting themselves back into their normal rotations. But unfortunately, what that kind of leaves you with is guys who have been performing really well now being priced up, as we've talked about as far as the algorithms going. So, you know, the biggest guy for me that's of interest is continues to be Scotty Barnes, the rookie who's just absolutely made himself un. Removable as far as the floor is concerned. No matter the return of Siakam, no matter the uh, the minutes distribution, he's going to get his 30-35 minutes, and he's getting the kind of usage that you would be able to easily pay off that 6600. Coming off a game tonight where he had 21 and seven, uh, just looked incredibly engaged all the way through. Was probably the one bright spot of a pretty bad loss over there, and. Despite uh, the back-to-backs that we've had, his minutes have not really been in any way controlled. So great spot to be able to get him. And considering there's a number of other positions and centers that I'm probably looking at, Scotty from a small forward power forward dual eligibility is one of those spots. And then the other one continues to be uh, OG Ananobi, just because of the fact that until he hits, in my mind, that mid 8,000s, which I expect he'll get to, just being clearly the guy who's getting at least 20 to 22 shots a game now, he just continues to be a person who's not only done well against Philly in these kind of matchups. He's going to have uh, potentially undersized guys going up against him, so just a good spot for him to be able to put up uh, yet another you know forty bomb, which will easily pay off a seventy six hundred as well. I can't argue with Scotty Barnes. It's worth noting
0: that this I would I would assume Pascal Siakam sits. This is going to be his first back to back since returning. Um, so there's a good chance that he'll probably sit this one out. So OG Scotty Barnes, both those guys will be. Yeah right back in the thick of things of, you know, sharing that power forward role, especially no Ken Birch. Um, And without Ken Birch, I guess we could assume Precious could be a decent value play on this slate. Uh, Not a guy I've played very much of at all this season. But, you know, three game slate with not a lot of value, 4,200. One would imagine he's playing high 20s minutes. So I consider him as well. So I I like all three of those guys. I don't see myself having any Gary Trent Jr. I just uh, I don't I don't play him too much. Um, Leaves me usually wanting more as far as the ancillary stats like assists and rebounds He has been having an unreal steal rate this season uh, to make up for those but There's a couple other guards on the slate around that price range I kind of prefer slightly more and without Siakam playing Van Vliet should still lead this team in usage right there with OG So I would have fault you if you wanted to play him 8400 Feels a tad too expensive. I prefer like that 81 to 82, but when you're splitting hairs on a three-game slate if you like him, you like him. I'm not going to argue with it. I prefer him over a lot of the other point guards in his range. But again, a few cheap guys that we could look at. On to the Philly side of things. Tobias Harris. Good chance uh, from everything that we're reading and hearing that he could be back in this one. Uh, I don't expect them necessarily to limit him. But without playing basketball for a little bit of time, he might. you got to keep your eye on that. And then Seth Curry missed that last game. So another notable piece that we're going to have to keep an eye on as well. But I have the interest in the same guys I've been playing over the past. I would say two games or three games, which is Andre Drummond at 8600, getting a price boost. Fine with it. I don't care how much they uh, they're going to charge me for him. On a three-game slate, you're talking about a guy that has a 50 to 60 point ceiling going against a team with an undersized center, knowing he's going to see the bulk of those center minutes. I don't think 8600 is enough for him. So I'll continue to play Andre Drummond. I think Shake Milton's another great option that we could look at. He's been starting. If Seth Curry sits, he'll probably still continue to start. Uh, but with Tobias Harris back, and if Seth Curry does play, Milton might come off the bench, in which case I probably have a little less interest in him. So those are the two main guys I'm looking at. I'm not chasing that maxi game and paying 6,800 for it. It's just not on uh, not my, not in the cards for me. And then, again, we've got to keep an eye on Niang. If there is Tobias Harris back, we're probably going to stop playing a little bit of Nang. He has, price tag hasn't jumped up a whole lot, but not not a guy that in 22 minutes i feel as confident as when he was playing 25 to 28.
1: yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head with the main guys over there uh the other just from a cheap uh, perspective where I could see him getting a little bit of value depending on the Tobias Harris situation as Paul Reed, yet again, uh, he's been getting into that mid twenties pretty consistently now had, you know, a solid six and six with ancillary stats. He's getting a lot of blocks and steals for kind of <laughs> high octane defense that he plays similar to Matisse Teibel. So it's the same kind of lottery pick that you do that with a dart throw at uh, 3,800, where if you're paying up for your under drumming, paying up for a number of guys coming up later, that's probably a nice guy to round out your lineup for you. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll move on to the next game. set. Or, I'm sorry, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. The first game was a 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Indiana Pacers traveling to Utah taking on the Jazz. We have Indiana on the second half of a back-to-back as well. Rudy Gay rolled out for the Jazz. Jared Butler in the G League. And Elijah Hughes is questionable with non-COVID-related illness. As we said, no game lines, no totals. For Indiana, we got to keep an eye out for Karis Laverto. He sat out the front end, and it wasn't necessarily ruled because of rest. It was lower back soreness, which a little worrisome, considering the guy had a broken back before he came into the season. So keep your eye on that news. Uh, may or may not play. If he doesn't play, we'll likely see McConnell draw a start alongside of Brogdon and then Duarte They'll probably go with the three-guard lineup, or they can either just slide in Holiday like they did today. So there's a couple options this pacers got a pretty versatile team it's a tough matchup i'll pass it over to you why don't you break down i guess what we're looking at for indiana in this tough matchup against the jazz
1: yeah as you said the jazz are just always so defensively stifling that it's tough to be able to get you know really big lines especially from the guard side where they get a lot of pushback but if caris Levert is is out tj mcconnell at fish 500 Continues to be in play as long as he's getting somewhere close to that 30-minute mark, he's likely going to be able to pay off anything around 6,000 marks. So anything below that, I'm totally okay with going ahead and taking him. As we've talked about to now, I always love Miles Turner. It's one of those where even if things don't happen to work out, it's just. There's enough upside. He's not fouling enough that it really harms him, and he just continues to have that ceiling where he can have those monster games. So from a pivot perspective, I could probably see him being a you know that guy I shove into that utility spot because, as you said, Andrew Drummond is just a lock as far as the center is concerned. So he's uh, he's in play for me. And beyond that, uh, you know both Brogdon and Sabonis, solid plays for what they are. But I'm a bit hesitant to take Brogdon coming back you know, fully from his injury or his illness, really. And uh, even though he had a good slate of minutes on his last one, it's just hard to be able to see him just jump right back into uh, a full minute count. So I'm likely going to fade both uh, Sabonis and Brogdon, but I wouldn't fault you for going about and taking them. But if Levert is out, uh, Duarte does come back into play for me as well. So at 200, he just gets all of those shots that used to be going to Levert coming back into him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he gets into the uh, high teens as far as the shot attempts are concerned too. So 5200 is a good spot for me.
0: Yeah, that's the really long spot I'm looking at was Duarte if there's no Levert. And I also wouldn't mind looking at like Justin Holiday if you need the value. Uh, not the highest upside, has a moderate floor. We've seen him put up some pretty dud-like games, but... Uh, knowing that a guy at 3,800 is going to be playing 30 minutes with no uh, Levert, you can see you know 25 DK points in his future. And if that's the case, that's going to be a great value on this slate if you're trying to get a couple extra studs in there. Only three games, so not a lot of, ton of great value out there. So you'll take what you can get kind of feeling. But those are the two main guys I'm looking at. I'm with you. I don't really trust Brogdon. Second half of a back-to-back, tough matchup, just coming back, all the things like – if Utah starts to run away with this game, he'll be the first guy that comes out of the lineup. So on to the Utah side of the ball, this is where I have a little bit more interest. Rudy Gobert being my top and favorite play on this team. 8K, knowing that they're going against these Pacers who play double big, should see a boatload of minutes. He's had at least four out of the five games with at least 14 rebounds. Great floor, high ceiling, 8K feels slightly underpriced. I'm thinking about just rolling with double centers in this slate, spending up at both positions, kind of going against the grain with a little bit with it. And Rudy Gobert is easily my favorite option on this team. Outside of him, though, don't think I'm going to have the money to spend up the 9K on Donovan Mitchell if I'm going to go with that double center approach, like I said. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to say cross him off. I could see him easily having a big game in this one. Uh, it's a fair matchup for him. He's got one of the highest usage rates in the NBA as of right now, taking a boatload of three pointers over the last four games. He's taken at least 11 threes in each of those games. So I want to follow you if you want to take Donovan Mitchell. I just don't think I'm going to be able to afford him. And the only other option I could see myself going with might be a little Bogdanovich narrative revenge at 5100. But I feel like he's one of those guys that never get right. So you tell me. Any interest in Bogdanovich? Because I need some help talking off the ledge.
1: Yeah, out of the two Bogdanoviches, I always find myself staying away from Boyan just because, much like Jordan Clarkson, it's one of those where if his shot is going on the night, he'll pay it off. But if it's not, then there's just not enough coming ancillary wise to be able to get him. Uh, his dual eligibility makes him you know, somewhat of an interest. So depending on how my lineup shake out, maybe I end up slotting him in into one of the forward spots for his uh, for his pretty decent price tag. But yeah, beyond that. Uh, Rudy Gobert continues to be the main guy that I'm looking at, and I may have a little bit of interest in Royce O'Neal again for that uh, eligibility uh, perspective, having that guy at that power forward spot who's been pretty consistent as far as not only his minutes concerned, but you know he's one who actually does get rebounds for him. So it's uh, it's a decent place to be able to get a little bit of value as well.
0: Yeah, we didn't touch on Mike Conley, but he falls in yeah. that mid-tier price range. So if, he's he's always one of those guys for me. If I land on him, I'm not mad about it, but I don't go out of my way to you know jam him in lineups unless, of course, you know Donovan Mitchell or something like that's out. But yeah. uh, we'll keep him in the player pool, I think, for now. But don't know if how many shares I end up getting. On to the final game, 10:30 Eastern Standard Time game. Miami Heat traveling to L.A. to take on the Clippers. Miami on the second half of a back-to-back. That game actually just tipped off not too long ago for the Clippers, though. A lot of guys on this injury report, not many of them actually matter. Most of them in the G League. Uh, Serge Ibaka, according to the injury report, is on a G League assignment. Kawhi Leonard still rolled out. Marcus Morris Sr. out. Jason Preston out. Everybody else is a G League assignment that we don't really need to be concerned with. I found it kind of interesting, though. The Serge is in the G League. (laughs) For the Miami Heat, I'll start us off here, and I'll pass it over to you. You can take the Clippers. Jimmy Butler coming in at 8-9. A little bit of a depressed salary. Don't mind him on a back-to-back. We know we've seen him in the, in the finals. If there's any guy that has a motor for a back-to-back is Jimmy. Coming into this game, I was uh, – BAM out of Iowa was a game-time decision. They We kind of got the word that he was going to play a little earlier. Uh, but they they considered him a true game-time call. So it wouldn't shock me if he sits. If he sits, it's more usage to go straight towards Butler, straight towards Lowry, straight towards Hero. And then Dwayne Deadman would draw the start and become probably the best value player and the chalky value play on the slate. I might even just throw a couple Deadman lineups in there. Just why not? There's no Mon- uh, Markeith Morris as well, so we know his backup center role is going to be pretty consistent for him. So I-, I think I might end up with a couple, of, you know, Deadman shares in my tournaments, regardless, just because we won't have the news. You know, obviously I'll be able to pivot off of it if I need to, but it's not like we're putting. He's putting up, you know, terrible numbers as is. In worst case scenario, you try to leave yourself with 500 on the board with Deadman, and if you need to swap out, you can go to a guy like Duncan Robinson or something like that. But I like those. Uh, you know, I like Jimmy. If there's no BAM, I'll have interest in Kyle Lowry at 71. He falls in that mid-tier price range. Don't think I'll be playing a whole lot of BAM on the second half of a back-to-back though. that he's been dealing with that knee soreness. And then Deadman becomes the chalk value play. But the one guy I wanted to get your opinion on, Tyler Hero, pretty much looks like the sixth man of the year candidate right now. This feels like a great matchup for him. Do you see yourself having any shares?
1: Yeah, and especially because the LA Clippers, despite what their overall defensive rating has shown, against guards, they haven't been all that great. And I expect this to be the closest match of the night. So given the fact that, uh, as you said, Bam Adebayo is a potential potential rest candidate for this game, if that happens, I'm definitely having more shares in Tyler Hero, especially just going back to that whole shooting guard position where a guy gets those dimes as well as just having the kind of usage he has. He's got the ceiling. So at 6,100, I will definitely be having some of him. Even though I'm a, you know, always Kyle Lowry for everything, I probably would actually take the $1,000 dip to go for Tyler Hero instead of him and uh, maybe use that money up to pay up for one of the LA Clippers that are coming up instead.
0: All right. Well, I'll let you handle most of the Clippers because for me, it's it's pretty simple. I've, I've, I've talked about too many expensive guys. I don't think I'll have the money for Paul George. I think I prefer Jimmy Butler over him. I'm going to try to get Drummond and Gobert in there. I don't think I'll be able to get all three. I haven't really, you know, tinkered with it. If, if we have that deadman value, I could probably squeeze all three in there. Uh, but Eric Bledsoe came out, played 31 minutes in that last game, had a pretty big game, 30 DK points, 4,700. I think he gets some good run in this one. So I do have some interest in Eric Bledsoe. And then the other pivot off of Deadman is if you can't swap out. And again, yeah, I can only play two of these guys. So, um, it, you know, in in my deadman lineups, I might be able to squeeze, you know, a uh, Paul George and one of those bigs, but I still think I prefer Jimmy over him anyway. Uh, you can look at a guy like Hartenstein at 3,400. When he gets the minutes, he plays well. It's just that simple. Uh, Twenty-point DK floor in three out of the past five games, 3,400. We'll take that on three-game slate. That's that's a decent value. So I'm really looking at the value on this team. It's Bledsoe. It's Hartenstein. When I'm playing Bledsoe, I usually tend to shy away from Reggie Jackson. So I don't see myself having too much Jackson, Jackson, action, Jackson. Uh, and then Nick Batum as well shot well in that last game. He's not going to shoot seventy-seven percent from the floor every single night, but nonetheless, four out of the past five games, he put up at least thirty-three DK points at fifty-three hundred. Guys, just old-school veteran that's churning and burning right now. I can't argue with it.
1: Yeah, Batum actually is probably my favorite uh, Clipper to be able to take apart from Paul George in this, just because. As I said Batum just looks absolutely revitalized. He's reminding me of his time back in Portland where he was pretty much the original uh, triple-double machine, but now just focused more on, you know, taking more shots, which is really what is what had been missing in his last couple of years and he looks uh, revitalized from a confidence perspective and for that, you know, 5300 is a great spot to be able to get him and I know you were talking about Deadman on the other side. I actually originally hadn't thought about Deadman. He's probably a good guy to be able to throw on, but Isaiah Hartenstein, Hartenstein, Hartenstein had been one of my guys always to be able to think about from a value perspective. And that's probably how I'd end up sque- squeezing Paul Georgian if I did end up doing that. Uh, just because I, I see them just going. A lot more with him especially down the stretch they've been using him a lot in the fourth quarter as well you can see that he's getting a lot of trust from the coaching staff Uh, they like his capability to just be that energy guy who can just keep crashing the boards and he has a pretty good touch around the rim so he's finding himself in more minutes he's taking some of that away from Zubats they're not playing him down the stretch I like Hartenstein Hartenstein as a good guy for the Clippers to just continue to develop as the year goes on and at 3400 it's a spot that I'm likely going to find a decent amount of exposure for him. I think it's
0: Hartenstein, just because it, it's spelled it's spelled like Frankenstein. So, there you um, I'm I'm gonna assume that's. I, I could be wrong. We've we've been we've been known to butcher a name or two, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's Hartenstein. But who knows? All right, that brings us home. So let's do our player tier segment. I'll let you lead off. Expensive tier guy that you're looking at.
1: Yeah, and you know, despite all the other options on here, I just can never see myself going away from Paul George until Kawhi comes back. It's just one of those where. More nights than not, he's going to pay off exactly what he's doing. He's still around that ten thousand range, which I think is a pretty good spot for him. I think he'll get to eleven thousand at some point. So as long as he stays around here, he continues to be a guy I'll go to night in and night out because the Clippers need every little bit of him he can get.
0: All right, I'll uh, I'll go with Andre Drummond, eighty-six hundred. I just can't see getting away with him. I'm hoping that price tag scares a few people off of him, but I'm expecting another fifty bird from here. Man, uh, he's just churning it out, taking advantage of the starting role and the starting minutes and. Listen, Philly's winning games without all these guys. And I'm not going to say it's all because of Andre Drummond. I mean, Maxie's had some big games. Seth Curry stepped up in a few of them. But he's surely not hurting them. And that's one thing about Andre Drummond that he's been known for in the past is that he'll put up big stats, but sometimes doesn't help his basketball teams. He's actually been helping them win the games on top of putting up big stats. Two games in a row with at least 20 rebounds. Not expecting it to be a third necessarily, uh, but I can easily see this being a 15 and 15 Couple blocks, steal. All of a sudden, before you know it, he's over 45 DK points.
1: So I'll go drumming. Who's your mid tier? Uh, mid tier is my team's rookie, Scotty Barnes at 6600. Uh, continues to be just that guy that is just so much better than everyone thought is going to be. His usage, despite plays not being run for him, just continue to go. Continues to go up. And with Siakam sitting out, he's likely going to see a couple more minutes swapping around with that small forward, power forward scenario, giving him. You know, that little bit more run with second unit where they usually end up having him run a bit of point guard as well. So you can see his assists go up there. I can expect a 40 plus game for him tonight on Thursday.
0: All right. Uh, For the mid tier, uh, I was stuck on two guys here. Uh, My mind's telling me to say Tyler Hero, but my heart's saying Nick Batum. Uh, And I think I'm going to listen to the heart just because Nick Batum, I feel like is just a little safer, a little cheaper. Uh, but I really do like Tyler Hero in this matchup at sixty one hundred. So you know what, you know, screw the heart, going with the head. Tyler Hero right here, uh, sixty one hundred. That'll be my mid tier play. And then who do you have for value?
1: Yeah, man. Much like I said, how much I'm uh, up on Isaiah Hartenstein overall. Just I like the fact that he's going to continue to get minutes. I think he goes into closer to twenty over here, and at thirty four hundred, can't go wrong with that.
0: I'll go with your boy Precious.
1: forty
0: two hundred. I think with Siaka most likely to sit. You know, they still don't have Ken Birch, most likely out. And I would assume we have to keep an eye on that. But uh, he should be looking at high 20s, maybe even low 30s in the minutes. They just don't seem to play Boucher all that much. So I'll go Precious over there for a value play. And that brings us home. So, Harris, I think good people know where they can find you on Twitter.
1: Yep. As always, you can find me at at HAK underscore devil, where eh, maybe this takes are a little bit more mild with spicy sitting out. But maybe they'll still get you a little bit of value. It's got some spice in there.
0: But, yeah, you can find me at, at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. Give me a follow. Ask me a question. Throw me a message, whatever you guys like to do. Always on Twitter. Always happy to help people out. You can also get more help with the DFS Fantasy Pass over here at HoopBall, $4.99 a month. Get you access to all of our behind-the-scenes content outside of the podcast, of course. We put that out there for free. But also gives you access to the Discord, which you'll find me in pretty much seven days a week, an hour before lock answering questions, talking about my favorite value plays, who at that point, like an hour before these lineups lock, who I have the most ownership on, Uh, things like that. So maybe you're stuck on two guys can't you know, you need somebody else to help make your decision for you. Uh, Maybe you just need to get reassured, whatever it might be. Happy to do that. You'll find a couple guys on our team always in there answering those questions. And then give us a thumbs up, five-star rate review, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple, we appreciate it. it. Means a lot to us. Try. We're getting close to that 150 mark. It'd be nice if we can get uh, get up there before the, you know, next couple of weeks. Uh, I'd be thrilled. So if not, make me happy. That's all I ask. I got a, I got a sore neck over here, so I need somebody to help cheer me up. And a couple five star reviews would certainly do so. But we'll be back tomorrow. I'll be on with Santino. Oh, I'll be in place for Santino. On with Dave, crushing the large Friday card for you guys. So thank you for listening. As always, take care, and let's go take down some GPPs and win all of our cash games. Let's have a nice night. This has been a HoopBall presentation.